Welcome back to the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. I'm Scott Spratt, a writer for Football Outsiders, which is part of the Edge Sports family. It's the Thursday leading into the Week 8 game, so I'm going to go through all of my favorite and least favorite matchups for players this week based on their venues, the forecasted weather, and their defensive opponents. Let's get to that started with quarterbacks, where my favorite quarterback matchups include Deshaun Watson, Ryan Tannehill, Drew Brees, Mason Rudolph, and Russell Wilson. For Deshaun Watson, obviously having a great season, MVP type of campaign, but interestingly, a lot of that production has kind of coincided with his best matchups, in particular with that matchup against the Falcons when he threw for five touchdowns. He gets another matchup almost that good this week against the Raiders. The Raiders are up to increasing passing touchdowns by 69%, which is the most in football. They broke out of their tie with both the Falcons and Dolphins in that respect last week. Keep in mind the Raiders also allowed Aaron Rodgers to throw five touchdowns and run for one last week. So this is about as good a matchup as it gets. And I would say in particular for Watson and the Texans' offense, which tends to allow pressure, the Raiders are bottom 10 in pressure rate, according to Sports Info Solutions. So I just don't think there's any way around it that he's the top guy this week. Should be a really plus matchup for him. Ryan Tanhill, obviously not that good of an overall player, but had a great week last week against the Chargers in his first start for the Titans, 23 of 29 for 312 passing yards and two touchdowns. Uh, It was a bit of a plus matchup against those Chargers that I think are 27th in DVOA pass defense, but I actually think this week's matchup is a little bit better against the Buccaneers, and that vaults him into my top 10 for the week. The Buccaneers actually have the number one DVOA run defense, have been a big surprise up there up front, but just number 25 in DVOA pass defense. So I think this is probably going to get the Titans out of their normal attack going through Derrick Henry on the ground and probably makes Tannehill a pretty attractive option for you in fantasy. Drew Brees actually expected to make it back this week against the Cardinals. Probably something that you should keep an eye on the news as we enter the weekend before you actually plug and play him. But if he does play this week, I think it's a great matchup. The Cardinals are number 26 in DVOA pass defense. And just in particular, Brees has tended to have a lot more fantasy production at home than on the road. Since 2016, 4.9 more fantasy points per game at home than on the road. Only Ben Roethlisberger has had more extreme splits among quarterbacks that have started throughout that entire span. So Brees could be a great start for you this week if he ends up being the, the play. I, I would definitely like him a lot more than Teddy Bridgewater. Meanwhile, Mason Rudolph. So he's replaced Ben Roethlisberger up in Pittsburgh and looks like he's going to make it back this week after having the bye to help recover from that concussion. I think it's probably too soon to say whether he's going to have the extreme home road splits that Roethlisberger did. I don't know how much of that was Roethlisberger specifically versus whatever factors maybe exist in Pittsburgh and their stadium. But I'm assuming he probably does have some home and road splits. And regardless, facing the Dolphins defense, I think it's going to be a pretty good matchup for him this week. The Dolphins increased passing touchdowns per attempt by 64%, one of the top three teams in football. They've actually allowed at least two passing touchdowns to all six of their opposing quarterbacks this season. And not all of those guys are your obvious every week type of starter guys. The last two weeks, it was Case Keenum was one of them. And I'm trying to remember who the other one was. Another guy that doesn't always throw tons of passing touchdowns. So I think Rudolph is probably going to throw two this week, and he's a good guy to use as a QB too. If you're in a deeper league, maybe dealing with some buys, or you just want to have a good DFS play. And then meanwhile, Russell Wilson, he actually draws those Falcons this week. They increased passing touchdowns by 59%. Uh, so I, you know, I'm not sure it's fair to say that Wilson was in a slump. He threw his first interception of the year on Sunday, so maybe that's his version of a slump. But the Falcons are definitely a slump breaker. I expect Wilson to do really well. And even though Wilson tends to have some home and road splits playing in Seattle, being in the Dome in Atlanta, I think will mitigate some of the losses you would normally expect for him on the road outside. So Wilson's going to be a great play this week. I have them number two behind Watson because I think Watson's matchup is a little bit better against the the Raiders, but these guys are both excellent plays this week. 
just listening to the, the miss, just missing the top of my top matchups for quarterbacks this week. Also, we have Jared Goff. He gets the home matchup against the Bengals. That's a good matchup. And he's just enjoyed substantial home and road splits throughout his career. So good for him to be playing at home. And then I also wanted to mention Matt Moore, who I think has a plus matchup, but I'm not totally sure of that. He's facing the Packers. Now, the Packers have the number six DVOA pass defense, which would suggest that they're a bad matchup, but they've allowed nine passing touchdowns this season, and that's kind of floating this for Moore playing at home in Kansas City. I probably wouldn't be starting him, but it wouldn't be shocking to me if he had a better day than you might expect given the defensive opponent that he's facing. And so really, that might play more into the fact whether you want to use someone like Tariq Hill, for instance, probably going to be safe to start, even though he doesn't have ty- um, doesn't have Patrick Mahomes to throw him the ball this week. Now for the quarterbacks with the worst matchups this week, I have Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold, Joe Flacco, Jameis Winston, and Aaron Rodgers. For Wentz, he's playing up in Buffalo. The temperatures aren't going to be too cold, but he is expected to get 12-mile-per-hour forecasted winds here. That's the heaviest this weekend, and while those aren't super heavy, still could be a factor. A bigger factor is probably just the fact that the Bills' defense decreases pass plays by 10% and passing touchdowns by 9%. And in particular, since Wentz lost uh, Deshaun Jackson after Week 1, he's throwing for just 223 passing yards per game. I think Jackson's loss to this offense has been really major, and I think it's unlikely that Jackson is going to make it back this week, even though it looked like he might be close last week. The the reports as of Thursday morning aren't looking super promising for him, so might be another tough week for Wentz. I've dropped him out of my top 10 to uh, back into my top 20 this week at quarterback. For Sam Darnold and Joe Flacco, two guys you're probably not going to be playing, but you're definitely not going to play them this week. Darnold obviously got shut down by the, the Patriots' vaunted pass defense this week, uh, this last week. But if he's facing a Jaguars team that is rebounded into the top 10 in, in DVOA pass defense, even despite their really rough showing against the Chiefs in Week 1. The Jaguars were the preseason football outsiders' number one DVOA pass defense. So I think Darnold is going to struggle here on the road. And then Flacco has to play the Colts in Indianapolis, and the Colts decrease passing touchdowns per attempt by 25%. Those guys are my bottom two quarterbacks of the 30 starters for Week 8. Next up, we have Jameis Winston. So the Titans are actually stronger against the run than the pass. Um, I think we think of them as a, as a good overall defense, but they're a little bit a little bit gettable against the pass, number 23 in DVOA there. But they still decrease passing touchdowns by 6%. And Winston has had pretty substantial home and road splits as well since 2016, 2.9 more fantasy points per game at home than on the road. He's kind of a -a whack-a-mole type of quarterback, so I mean, he could go off for four touchdowns here or throw four interceptions, but I'm going to lean toward this being a bad matchup for him and bad for most of uh, the Buccaneers this week. And then Aaron Rodgers, he's he's playing those Chiefs uh, on Sunday night. He doesn't have to deal with Patrick Mahomes, but he does have to deal with the Chiefs defense that's much stronger against the pass than the run. Number four DVOA pass defense versus number 29 DVOA run defense. So given how flexible I would say the Packers offense has been this year, able to kind of match up better with their opponents than in previous years under Mike McCarthy, I could see this being more of an Aaron Jones game and less of an Aaron Rodgers game. So he's, I mean, still in my top five, but not my tip top option like he was last week against the Raiders. I'll mention too here that Rodgers really should, don't drop him too far and don't sit him in any type of season long league. Even though it's a little bit colder, probably temperatures in the 40 degrees, a little bit of wind, he's been pretty much immune to the typical weather splits that most quarterbacks see. So I don't think he's going to have any trouble with any of that. It just might be a Aaron Jones having two touchdowns kind of day. Just listing, missing the list of the, the worst quarterback matches for this week, too, 
Kyler Murray, the rookie, on the road to New Orleans. New Orleans, the Saints defense has been so much better than I thought, um, especially since Teddy Bridgewater took over at quarterback. They're up to the number t- uh, top 12 DVOA pass and run defense on the season at this point. Now, with Drew Brees coming back, maybe that changes things. Maybe if the Saints go up big, that gives Murray a little bit more garbage time than he would get against a Teddy Bridgewater as the starter. But either way, I'm going to try to avoid him this week and grab a guy that's got a little bit easier of a matchup. Okay, let's shift over to running backs, where the top matchups this week include Alvin Kamara, Todd Gurley, James Conner, Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette, and Aaron Jones. And I'll caveat that Alvin Kamara thing by saying that if Kamara doesn't play, which I'm leaning towards he might not. I think Latavius Murray is probably just going to take this top spot for him because last week Murray got all of the work with Kamara out. Um, Like the third string, which is Murray's backup when Kamara doesn't play, Dwayne Washington had just one snap. And the Saints also released Zach Zinner this week, so they really don't have any other bodies back there. Meanwhile, the Cardinals are the number 26 DVOA run defense. They increased run plays by 18%. That's the second most in football. And they increased rushing touchdowns by 45%, the third most in football. So whichever running back is in there, and in particular if Drew Brees is there to help kind of take some of the pressure off of those guys, should be a massive week for them. If Kamara's back, I'm starting him. And if he's not, then I'm going to happily start Murray as a top 10 option. For Todd Gurley, he draws the Bengals defense. They're the number 28 DVOA run defense, and they increase run plays by 19%, the only team more than, uh, than the Saints opponent and the Cardinals. So Gurley should have a really nice play here. Malcolm Brown missed practice on Wednesday, didn't play last week. I think he's probably not going to play this weekend. This game is actually in London, so you'll probably know by Saturday whether or not Malcolm Brown travels with the team. I'm honestly not really sure it matters that much because I feel like Daryl Henderson getting worked more into the mix here. Henderson probably is a bit more of a pass catcher, whereas Malcolm Brown's a little bit more of a touchdown scorer. But either way, I think Gurley's going to probably dominate them in touches and be a top 10 option for you this week. James Conner for the Steelers. I mentioned how Mason Rudolph has the good matchup, but the Dolphins are an even better matchup probably for running backs. They're the number 32 DVOA run defense, also the number 32 DVOA pass defense. Uh, But they increase run plays by 17%, the third most in football, and increase rushing touchdowns by 11% per attempt. So Conner has the great matchup here. He also doesn't have to deal with Jalen Samuels because he's out for a couple more weeks um, coming off that knee surgery. So Conner will be catching all of the passes out of this backfield whereas Benny Snell is just kind of a running only running back. So Connor should have a great week this week. Austin Eckler, you know, he's, he's a really interesting player. Since Melvin Gordon came back, he's really skewed his work even more towards the pass, but is continuing to get a ton of work. And I actually like him more than Gordon this week in fantasy, traveling up to Chicago to face the Bears. The Bears defense hasn't been as strong last year as you would expect, but I'm still estimating based on some regression the last year for their personnel uh, that they decrease run plays by 11% and decrease rushing touchdowns by 33% per attempt. So this is probably a situation where it's better to be the receiving back than the running back. So far this season, the Bears have been the number 15 DVA defense versus running backs, and they're a little bit better against wide receivers. So I'm going to say Eckler might be the charger that you most want to start this week. Uh, Leonard Fournette, he draws the Jets defense that it has been stronger against the run than the pass, but they increase rushing touchdowns by 47%, second most in football. So I think Fournette probably is going to score, and that makes him a top option this week. And then I already mentioned Aaron Jones. And the Chiefs are much stronger against the pass than the run, the number 29 DVOA run defense. Um, but for a lot of teams that have been really effective offensively, uh, the Chiefs actually also increase run plays by 3%. 
while increasing pass plays by 14%. The game script kind of plays into that, but I think so many teams come into that matchup looking to exploit the run defense and successfully do so. I definitely expect the Packers to do that, in particular since Matt Moore's in. It just probably won't be as difficult a game script as you would normally um, experience against Mahomes. The Chiefs also increased rushing touchdowns by 73% per attempt. That's by far the most in football. And something that you may not have realized, I definitely didn't realize it until I was digging into this this week, that since Jones and Jamal Williams have kind of been yo-yoing back and forth with the, with the workload splits, but Jones is the definite touchdown scorer in this offense. He's had all nine of the Packers carries within five yards of the end zone this season. So Jones is probably the guy that's going to benefit from that Chiefs defense that allows a lot of rushing touchdowns, and I'm, I'm eager to start him. He's kind of on my borderline RB1, RB2 range. And then also in that range is Ty Johnson running back for the Detroit Lions. Uh, I'm assuming he's going to be the featured guy now that Kerry and Johnson's out for the rest of the season, and he draws the plum matchup against the Giants that increase run plays per game. So I think he's a guy that you can safely start, maybe a good DFS option for you if you want to take a little bit of a gamble on a guy that hasn't established himself so far. Okay, let's shift over to the worst running back matchups for this week. That includes Melvin Gordon, Adrian Peterson, Josh Jacobs, Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones for the Buccaneers, and then Nick Chubb. Gordon, for him, I kind of already explained why I'm pessimistic against him, um, for him for the Bears. And then I'll also mention that he is bottom two this season in DYAR, despite only playing three games. And he's down to just 4.3 targets per game this season. He was over five each of the last two years. He's really suffered as a receiver because of Eckler's involvement. And with all of this means I've kind of dropped him to a back-end RB2 just generally, and he's a back-end RB3 for me this week, given the tough matchup. For Adrian Peterson, you know, he suffered an ankle injury late in that game last week in the rain, but it looks like he's going to be able to play this week, which probably makes him happy because he's facing his old team in the Vikings, but it probably won't make his fantasy owners too happy because the Vikings decreased rushing touchdowns per attempt by 31% among the toughest run defenses in football to face, and Peterson uh, is one of the running backs most dependent on scoring touchdowns for his fantasy value. I would avoid him this week. And then for Josh Jacobs, this is kind of an interesting one. Obviously, he's just he's a rookie. He's only played six games so far in his career, three at home and three on the road. But it's been kind of remarkable how much better he's been at home than on the road. He's having 4.3 more carries per game at home, and he's scored all four of his rushing touchdowns this season at home. So he's more or less doubled up his fantasy numbers per game at home compared to on the road. And obviously, I don't think that's the trend that should necessarily continue throughout the rest of the season. But I think it does kind of suggest something that could be real, in particular because of the Raiders' kind of middling roster talent. They're probably a team that is going to be a little bit more dependent on positive game scripts. Obviously, being at home tends to favor the the team. Being at home leads to more rushing attempts, probably leads to more late rushing attempts and, and opportunities for Jacobs to score late touchdowns. So this week, playing on the road in Houston could be a tough play for him. He's also facing that Texans defense that decreases run plays by 9% and rushing touchdowns by 41% per attempt. So all around tough matchup. I would not, not that I would avoid him in season long leagues, but probably isn't a great play in DFS this week. Uh, for Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones that, you know, they've been kind of in that frustrating time split for fantasy owners. I'm hoping that coming off the buy for the Buccaneers that Ronald Jones is going to kind of assert himself, but I think it's too early to sort of assume that's going to happen. And they're both facing that Titans defense that's the number three DVOA defense against the run. They decrease rushing touchdowns by 46%, the most in football. So with all that said, I'm not starting either of those guys in my top 40 this week. I just think you kind of need to avoid them. Just hope that Ronald Jones gets more carries this week. And then with Nick Chubb, you know, he's not a guy that you're ever going to sit in any type of season-long lead. But 
Even though the Pats have the number one DVOA pass defense, they're also really, really strong against the run, number eight DVOA against the run there. They've only allowed two rushing touchdowns this season. One of them was to quarterback Josh Allen, and one of them was to wide receiver Steven Sims. So in other words, zero touchdowns allowed to running backs this season. Chubb is probably anyone's best bet to to sort of break that streak. And it's supposed to actually rain uh, this weekend in New England, so perhaps Chubb will be the featured part of the the Browns game plan even more than usual. But I I still don't like him quite as much as I would normally like him this week. And I definitely don't like Baker Mayfield, who I have ranked 27th this week going into New England in the rain, facing that really stout pass defense. Okay, let's shift gears to talk about wide receivers, where my favorite matchups include John Brown, Corey Davis, Tyler Lockett, DeAndre Hopkins, and DJ Chark. For John Brown, you know, I was a little bit worried that Duke Williams would come in and sort of take some of his shine away. But Williams last week played 53% of the offensive snaps, Cole Beasley played 55%, and John Brown played 95%. So I think Brown remains entrenched as the number one outside guy there, whereas Beasley and Williams may be taking a little bit away from each other. And so as such, I think Brown's a great start this week against the Eagles. The Eagles are bottom 10 DVOA um, pass defense against number one wide receivers, which again is what Brown is. And the Eagles also increased pass plays by 14%, which is the most in football. So this, I think, is going to be a pretty good matchup for Brown, even if the Eagles are getting a little bit healthier in their secondary. Uh, for Corey Davis, I actually just uh, saw that he missed Wednesday's practice with an illness. I'm going to assume that's not going to be a factor for him come this weekend, although check the news over the weekend to see. But I think he's going to be the guy that benefits most from this Buccaneers defense that is, again, number one against the run, but number 25 against the pass. They're number 25 against number one outside receivers and number 27 against number two outside receivers. So I think it's a situation where both Davis and A.J. Brown can probably benefit. But Davis looked a little bit to me like the guy with Tannehill. He had seven targets last week, which is his season high in that first Tannehill start. I think he's a guy you can probably start as a back-end wide receiver three. Maybe a flex consideration in shallow leagues, but definitely in your deeper leagues, you're going to want to start him. For Tyler Lockett, I mean, obviously an every week start at this point, but could be a really good DFS option for you this week facing the Falcons and their number 31 DVA pass defense. The Falcons are also number 29 against number one wide receivers specifically, and they increased patch touchdowns per attempt by 59%. Lockett's probably going to see more of those with Will Disley out. Maybe not as many as uh, DK Metcalf will, but both of those guys should be productive going forward. Now for DeAndre Hopkins, you know, as an owner of him in fantasy, I was thrilled to see him score a touchdown last week, his first since week one. I think the chances are pretty good that he's going to score another one, at least one this week, facing those Raiders that increased touchdowns per attempt by 69%. The Raiders are also number 30 DVOA defense against number one wide receivers. And Hopkins continues to have that elite target share, 33.8% of the wide receiver and tar- tight end target share for the Texans. With Will Fuller out, he may get even more. I think he's a great play this week. I think I have him fourth at the position. And the DJ Chark, you know, he's emerged as the Jaguars' number one receiving option, and he faces the Jets' defense that I mentioned already was stronger against the run in the pass. They increased passing touchdowns per attempt by 11%, and Chark being the big touchdown scorer for that offense, I think it's a pretty good bet to score this week there. And then finally, a guy that just missed that cut, but I think I want to mention here is Kenny Stills. I, I said that Will Fuller was going to be out this week and, and several more. That should benefit Stills probably more than any other Texans receiver. And since the Raiders seem particularly susceptible to big plays, he's a guy that I've boosted up to 17th in my rankings for this week at wide receiver. I think that makes him a really good DraftKings play. He's just 4700 bucks in that format. So probably a great play for you if you're interested in any tournaments this week. And then with the worst wide receiver matchups for this week, I have Alshon Jeffrey, Chris Godwin, uh, Demarius Thomas, Mike Evans, and DJ Moore. 
For Alshon Jeffrey, um, since Deshaun Jackson probably is going to miss this game, that makes Jeffrey the number one receiver uh, for the Eagles. And as such, he probably draws Tredavious White in shadow coverage. That's going to be tough. Uh, the Bills, furthermore, decrease pass plays by 10% and passing touchdowns by 9%. They're number four DVOA defense against number one receivers in great part because of Tredavious White. Meanwhile, Jeffrey just hasn't quite looked like the same player that he was last year and in his prime in general. Last year, he had a 21.1% DVOA for the season, just negative 3.5% this season. I think could be a tough could be a tough day for Jeffrey and the Eagles passing offense in general. And then with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, the te- the Texan, I mean the Titans, their defense that they're facing is actually stronger against the run than the pass, but they decrease passing touchdowns by six percent. And they're better equipped to stop number one and number two outside receivers. They're number seven in DVA against both, but number 32 against other wide receivers. I'm not really sure who the third Bucks wide receiver would be to benefit from that matchup. So this could be a, a bit of a tough day for the Buccaneers, given their personnel. But that said, I mean, you're not going to lower Godwin or Evans too much. I actually have Godwin up to my number two true talent wide receiver. Uh, he has 340 DYAR this season, which is nearly double every other receiver in football. It's just crazy. But I, I dropped him to the back end of my wide receiver one range and Evans to sort of a mid-tier wide receiver two this week. You're going to use them in season-long leagues, but not as good as they would normally be. Uh, For Demarius Thomas, he's facing the Jaguars. I mentioned that they had kind of made their way back to the top 10 in overall DVOA pass defense, but they're also number nine in DVOA pass defense against number one wide receivers. So tough matchup for him. I think that's what Thomas is at this point. He's had 22 targets the last three weeks since joining the Jets, a lot more than uh, there are other guys, and in particular, Robbie Anderson. And then DJ Moore, I don't know how I made it this far into the podcast without mentioning the 49ers' amazing defense. Number two, pass defense. Number two, and overall DVA defense. It's going to be bad news for probably every Panther except Christian McCaffrey, who will probably have the workload to kind of overcome it from a fantasy perspective. But DJ Moore, who I think has sort of separated himself from Curtis Samuel as the number one wide receiver for the Panthers, he's going to be a tough guy to start this week against that that defense. Um and somebody else in a minute who I'll get to. But uh, for tight ends, best matchups for this week, Delaney Walker, Darren Fells, Austin Hooper, Travis Kelsey, and Vance McDonald. Uh, for Delaney Walker, I'm actually not really sure he's going to play. He was active last week, but didn't actually get a lot of work. Jonu Smith was playing much more in his place. And I would check the news to sort of see how Walker's uh, health is doing. I think he's dealing with an ankle injury. Um, but regardless, um, he's facing a Bucks defense that's number 21 against tight ends and has allowed 88 yards per game to tight ends, the second most behind only the Cardinals. So if Walker plays, I'm going to start him as a top 10 option. And if he doesn't, I think Jonu Smith could be a really interesting substitute for you if you're dealing with buys, maybe with Mark Andrews um, on your bench. And then Darren Fells, he of the Texans is facing the Raiders, number 29 DVOA defense against tight ends, allowing 70 yards per game to tight ends. He's probably a pretty good play, although obviously he splits times with Jordan Akins. You could probably start either of those guys as a tight end, too, this week. Uh, Austin Hooper probably doesn't really need a good matchup to be an effective tight end, but he does draw the Seahawks and their number 22 DVOA defense against tight ends. They're allowing 71 yards per game to the position. That's the third most in football. Travis Kelsey, another guy that you're going to use regardless of matchup. But the Packers, I think, are stronger defending wide receivers than they are defending tight ends. So he falls a little bit... um, I've dropped him to number four in my true talent rankings because of Matt Moore being the quarterback. But I'm again, I'm really not too worried about it. He had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons before Mahomes even got to Kansas City. So I just don't think he's going to fall further than like the fifth spot most weeks, even with the bad matchups. Now, Vance McDonald draws the Dolphins. They're the number 31 DVOA defense against tight ends. 
And then I wanted to mention Jared Cook. I don't think he's going to play for the Saints this week, but if he does, he would draw the Cardinals that are number 32 DVA defense against tight ends. They're allowing a crazy 93 yards per game to that position. So I would keep an eye on him. If Cook plays, then you're going to want to suit him up in DFS. And if he doesn't, I mean, Josh Hill isn't the worst option there for you. He had three catches for 43 yards and a touchdown last week with Bridgewater in. And with Breeze, you figure that they're probably going to be a little bit more explosive in the passing game. Maybe target the tight end a little bit more, whether that is Cook or Josh Hill. And then the tight ends are the worst matchup this week. We have Zach Ertz, Hunter Henry, Chris Herndon, Greg Olson, and Jeremy Sprinkle. For Ertz... You know, he's dropped a little bit in my true talent rankings to fifth. I have him seventh for the week. The Bills are allowing just 36 yards per game to tight ends, tied for the third fewest. But I'm really not too worried about him. I think most of his fantasy decline has been due to the fact that he scored just one touchdown this season. I think that's going to turn around for him over the second half. That said, I do have Hunter Henry ahead of him in my true talent rankings and ahead of him this week, even though he's facing that Bears defense. They were number three in DVOA defense against tight ends last year, and I'm kind of relying on that as my perception of them, but they're just number 24 this season, so they may not be quite as scary as their reputation would suggest. For Chris Herndon, he's he's back at practice this week. I think he may play his first game of the year, but he'll be facing the Jaguars team that has allowed just 44 yards per game to tight ends. Maybe wait a week to see how he does before you put him back in your standard lineups. And then Greg Olson facing that 49ers defense. I already mentioned they're number two overall, number two against the pass, but they're number one against tight ends, and they're allowing just 24 yards per game to tight ends. So try to avoid Olsen if you can in your shallower leagues. Obviously, in your deeper leagues, you probably can't, but you can definitely do better, say, in DFS. Okay, that's going to do it for this week's episodes of the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. You can grab it on either iTunes or Google Podcasts. And then come back next Tuesday when I'll look back at all of the Week 8 games to offer my favorite waiver wire pickup options for you for Week 9. Thank you, and I will talk to you then. Mm